Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Glory to God. The book of Genesis chapter 45. Genesis chapter 45. I will read extensively from verse 15 all the way to verse 28, and you will read Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 to verse 10. We will start with you, Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 to verse 10. Then I will read for you Genesis chapter 45, verse 15 to verse 28. It's such a beautiful time to be alive. Amen. Did you enjoy the lady of God, daughter of Zion, Joy Kiyoko service leading. Am I just alone? Is it just me? Is it just me? Hallelujah. Can we just give it up for her? Come on, just love on her. Mom and dad are in. in have you, okay, Pastor Angela, welcome to church. Thank you so much. Welcome you and your lovely wife. Karibu sana, we love you. Come on, church. Can we hear it for them? We love you, man of God. It's not an easy thing to answer the call of God for your life. Amen. We celebrate them such a strong seed of Zion. What a roar. Are we there? All right. So we will read verse 1 to verse 10. 3, 2, go. Let's go. read for you Genesis chapter 45 from verse 15. Genesis 45 from verse 15. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren 
are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, lead your breasts and go. Go you unto the land of Canaan. And take your father and your households and come unto me. And I will give you the good of the land of Egypt. And ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and your father and come. Verse 20, also regard not your staff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh. And gave them provision for the way. Verse 22, to all of them he gave each man changes of raiment. But to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver. And five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after his manner ten asses laden with good things of Egypt. And ten she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for the father by the way. So he sent his brethren away and departed. And he said unto them, see that ye fall not out by the way. Verse 25. And they went out out of Egypt and came unto the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart is fainted, for he believeth them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Sit on your challenges. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you the praise. We pray that you help us this morning, even as we look into the text for instruction, for encouragement, for guidance, for wisdom, for direction that indeed they, he that hath an ear may hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, that, Lord, even by the instrumentation of your word, thou shalt write upon our, our hearts of flesh, O God, cause us to be perceptive, receptive, even of the word of God being spoken at Rivers Church this morning. Thank you because your grace is sufficient. Heavenly Father, use this vessel of clay even to the glory of your name. These things we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Come on, good morning. Talk to me, somebody. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you in church. Just tell your neighbor, good to see you in church. Good to see you in church. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready for the word? I know you are seated down, but we must make our statement of belief. So, Ndeke, please help me. Let's have our statement of belief. You don't have to stand. You can sit. Hallelujah. Buenas ifiwe. Is a statement of belief very good? Please take your paperback Bible. Do you have a paperback Bible? You can just cheers to your neighbor. You can hit, you know, a call. You can hit with death and say, cheers, baby. We have our, our swords ready. I am a new breed. I am a winner. Sorry, I'm a winner. I'm not a loser.
the same for him. Nothing is impossible from this moment on. If Our text today is interesting because I read from Genesis chapter 45 and as a good Bible scholar you realize that that is the end of Joseph's story. The text presents to us certain instructions and concepts of the kingdom regarding vision and regarding the fulfillment of purpose in our time. The text does in fact challenge a lot of things that we have positions in our mind as far as vision and vision accomplishment. The text is clear that you can indeed live a life of purpose and you can come to the fulfillment of your purpose. That even if you started hard or you started at a difficult place, it does not mean mean that the ending has to be difficult. Our subject for today, if you're writing down and if you saw our posters, is contending for your vision. Contending. Tell your neighbor, contending for your vision. Contending for your vision. Contending. Another word is putting the fight to your vision. And the primary thought of this conversation and discussion is what then does it take to have a vision and what does it take to walk in that vision and fulfill that vision. I'm focusing myself on four things on how to, uh, should I say, four things that you will use to realize God's vision for your life. Now, the book of Genesis is not only instructive as far as believers are concerned, but it's also theologically em em emphatic as to the foundation of the Christian life. And that we are coming to a house that is with a foundation. We are not a house without a foundation. That is why the writer of the book of Hebrews said that we have come unto Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. There is somewhere where we have come. At another place, he says, we are not come to as a house without foundation, but are built on the foundation of the prophets and are built on the foundation of the apostles. That as a believer, there is a foundation upon which we are standing. It is the prophet Joel that made a prophecy concerning the time that we live. And he said that foundationally, the believer's life is fueled by the spirit of God in the most emphatic way of visions and dreams. That there is a way we walk this life. Look at Joel chapter 2 verse 28. Scripture says, in the last days... I, the Lord, will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He says, in the last days, I, the Lord, will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then three things will happen. He said that your sons and daughters will begin to prophesy and see visions. He said, your old men shall dream dreams. He says that the primary uh, should I say the primary illustration and the primary work of the Spirit of God is that every time the Spirit of God comes upon your heart and comes upon your life, the first response is dreams. Tell your neighbor dreams. 
Come on, tell them like you believe it. Dreams and visions, dreams and vision, dreams and visions. So in the kingdom of God, if you are walking by the Spirit, and I thank God that the Spirit of God is here this morning in our hearts. If you are walking by the Spirit, there has to be a dream in the inside of you. And there has to be a vision in the inside of you. Ask your neighbor, what are you dreaming about? What are you, what are you dreaming about this morning? Are you walking with, as, as one with a dream? Are you walking as one with a vision? And part of my agenda this morning is to begin a conversation here that will guide our minds and our thoughts for the next five, ten years. It will begin to define the kind of journey that we must walk. Genesis 45 shows us a picture of what fulfillment of dreams begins to look like. And scripture says that Joseph was a prince of Egypt. In that paradoxical, is in that one of the most uh, Iona statement that you could hear, that a Hebrew boy rose up and he became a prince of Egypt. Let me say that one more time, that a Hebrew boy rose up because of vision, because of dream, and he became the prince of Egypt. And sometimes what God does is that God removes us from our families. God will remove us from our communities. And God will remove us from where people have commonized the anointing and bring you to a place where your gifts and callings are now being identified, where your gifts and callings are being platformed, where your gifts and callings are being celebrated. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you felt that people are not seeing you for who you are? What God then begins to do is that he removes you from the familiar place, from your place of comfort, from your family, from the place where you say, this is the city I have the most networks. And he trusts you in a new land, a place that is hostile against your religion, a place that is hostile against your culture, a place that you do not know. And God says, that sometimes the work of vision require us to be comfortable in new and unfamiliar territory. The idea that vision is comfortable is a lie from the enemy. It is not true that vision and dreams come easy. It is one thing to dream. It is another thing to enter into your dream. The text presents to us a man that dreamt in the book of Genesis chapter 37. And he began with a dream and he began with a vision and he saw it clearly. Remember, this is Joseph and we have the advantage of hindsight which is 2020. And some of us are saying, you know, we know exactly how this story goes. But I want you to indulge me for a minute. At the time when Joseph was dreaming, did he have any idea of what was waiting for him? And he dreamt, and the first thing he does in Genesis chapter 37 is that he defines his dream. He comes and says, brothers, I want you to sit down. Remember, at this time, Joseph is 17 years of age, and he tells them to sit down. I want to tell you about my dream, my brothers. And in that dream, I was in the spirit in the day of the Lord. And the Lord brought me to a place, and I saw you, brothers of mine, bowing down and worshiping me, see arrogance. And then the brothers asked him, and you saw our sheaves bowing before your own. He says, yes, that is exactly what I saw. Do you know that life could be as difficult as life wants to be? But it is dreams and visions that gives us boldness. Hallelujah. Why? 
because the vision gives you the ability to live in the future. Bless the Lord forever. That I could be in my bed sitter, but in my mind, can you somebody say in my mind, in my spirit, I'm in New York taking coffee. Hallelujah. It could be that auctioneers have come to my house, but the spirit of God has poured himself out to all flesh, and I am seeing visions and dreams. That is why it is difficult to move me, because in my spirit, I can see your sheaves. Not one sheaf, I can see your sheaves. One, two, three, twelve sheaves bowing down to my own. That there has to be, if we are going to contend for our vision, there has to be a bold to define and write down our vision. Amen. Tell your neighbor, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. Tell them like you believe it, write it down. And sometimes it is difficult to write it down because the enemy has hit us so hard that it has become difficult to dream. This is why these Nike people are full of revelation. They came and stole our principle and they called it dare to dream. That's number two. That sometimes dreaming is not a luxury anymore. That the enemy has been buffeting us on every side. That even dreaming, you must dare to dream. That you have to allow yourself and listen to the spirit. And begin getting excited in the inside of your heart. And say, I have a dream, somebody. I can see myself in the future. I can see that I might be looking weak right now. But neighbor, keep looking at me. Make sure you keep my email very well. Make sure you keep my phone number very well. Make sure you keep following my Instagram reels very well. Because soon and very soon I'm about to post something that will change the way you look. Look at me, that you have to dare to dream. Despite and in spite the challenge you have to dare. Do you know that it is the dream you have that preserves your life, Pastor Doc? Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs chapter 29. Scripture says where there is no vision, the people perish. That where there is no vision, people are dying. That if you are walking this life without vision, you are dying. Hallelujah. Now, let me demonstrate it. One day, scripture says that they came and the brothers became completely jealous. And they took his coat of many colors. And they tore it. And they took him. And they beat him up. And they threw him into the pit. And they left him for dead. And he was plummeted face first into a hole that scholars argue was about three, four meters deep. And he was left for the dead. But I can hear Joseph saying in the inside of his spirit that where there is vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. But because there is vision, this does not look like 12 sheaves bowing down. That means as long as the vision is alive, this cannot be my end. The reason why the enemy has ensured that you are in the pit, why is it that they did not throw Benjamin to the Peter. Why is it that they did not throw Simeon to the pit? The pit is a reserve of men with visions. And sometimes I have the Spirit of God tell me this week that sometimes the kind of fight that you are going through is just an indication of the kind of favor that you are about to enter into. That sometimes the kind of battle that you must fight is just an indication of the kind of victory that God is about to release in your life that you have to develop the boldness to dare 
dare to dream that sometimes you must step back and listen to the voice of the spirit and listen to this that's why I'm excited this morning because I see myself dedicating houses in this church I don't know if you I don't like your amen last month pastor doc we just went and we were dedicating one of the people's houses here on this field alone we have dedicated cars on cars I'm tired of dedicating cars I want to start dedicating schools and I want to start dedicating education complexes and buildings dare to dream come on tell your neighbor dare to dream dare to dream I don't know about you this morning but the spirit of God sent me with an arrogant assignment in fact I was just this morning praying and I told my baby baby sit here first I must go yonder to pray because in the morning we were coming to church together but we have to take a diversion because there was something in my spirit and I told her baby this is not a place for marriage this is a place for men to go and deal with God and I heard God say get ready for Wiru because Rivers Church is about to enter Ru and I asked God how shall these things be he said get ready for thicker because you're about to enter thicker I asked God how shall these things be he said get ready for Juja because God is about to do can somebody just dare to dream in this house that when you are coming to a place and you're negotiating with your landlord and you're negotiating with your employer and you're negotiating with the economy God is saying in that pit what shall sustain your life is dare to dream it is vision that can look at the face of adversity with boldness and say I shall not give up I shall not throw in the towel I shall not I shall not give up the ghost I am not about to collapse and die tell your neighbor dare to dream come on dare to dream I heard somebody say but I'm too young I am too young. When Joseph was getting his dream, he was 17. The Bible was clear enough in the book of Genesis chapter 37 to say, and now Joseph was 17 years of age. Look at Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. These were teenagers. I had God coming and appearing. It was it, he said to Jeremiah. He says, I have ordained, before thou camest forth, I have ordained thee. Then Jeremiah says, I'm just but a child. And God God rebukes him and he says, do not say you're a child. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I am too old. But I heard Abraham said, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God that Sarah being dead in the flesh still brought forth Isaac. Somebody say, I'm now on my 37th business. No problem. When you count one, two, three, the numbers never end at 37. If I'm on my 37th business, there is a number 38. And if I'm on my 38th business, there is a 39th. Somebody said that you know I've been dating this is my second boyfriend no problem baby if there is a second boyfriend there is also a <laughs> oh god can somebody dare to dream this morning can somebody dare did you know that what the enemy will do he'll keep you so busy in the battle to ensure that you are not able to see forth ah yeah 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 and scripture says don't play with God somebody do you know scripture says man of God he said that uh, this wisdom has been hidden from the foundation of the earth he said because if the princes of this world knew it, knew it they would not have crucified Jesus the Lord of glory it then means then that every time there is a fight in my house and the enemy thinks he wants to take me out he does not know that he's about to unleash resurrection power. 
Now follow me closely. Come with me. And Joseph is thrown to the pit and he's left for dead. It is one thing to be thrown in the pit by the enemy. It is another thing to be thrown in the pit by your family. And God sent me as a servant of God to tell us today that the family we are in, it is him that has placed us there. I know there are all manner of adjectives that we can use to describe sometimes our dysfunctional family. But God said that dysfunction is what I am going to use. And the brothers, because of their dysfunction, began to leave their brother for dead. And scripture said that they brought him and threw him to a pit. Now, if you take some time and study that out, you will realize they say that the pit they put him on at the backside of the desert was actually a trade route for traders who will trade in the desert and go to Egypt. That even in my challenge, there the Lord knows exactly. Haven't you read the scriptures? He said, when I lay my bed in hell, there the spirit of God is with me. Even when it looks like I have come to my end, God knows exactly where you are and you are exactly where you should be. And I can hear Joseph saying in his mind, oh God, if God be true, why did I have to have such wicked brothers? If God be true, why did I have to end up in this pit? And I had God answering him and saying, just be patient because in a matter of time, you're about to see the glory of God. And traders came. Traders came. And when they came, they found Joseph in the pit. Now listen to me. There were many pits in that place. But God has a way of working with the wicked man to bring him exactly where you are. Do you know Jeremiah was fed in the brook of Cherith with birds of prey? That birds that normally eat meat were the ones that were sanctioned to bring for him meat. And our mind must be challenged because God is able to send help from unexpected places. God is able to send help from unexpected places. I remember last year we were looking at our books of accounting because I ran the, I ran the organization and we noticed one thing that was very interesting. That the biggest giver of that year who gave 75 million shillings was a Muslim. And he released 75 million bob to the work of ministry. God is able to send help from unlikely places. And what happens then is that they pull Joseph out of the pit. But as if that is not enough, they begin to anoint his wounds with oil. And they anoint his face. And that which brothers had dumped for dead, these ones are receiving for value. Did you know that your value is in your story? I don't know if you heard me this morning. Your value is in your story. There are men in this world who are moving from city to city. And the only thing that they have is their story. And they keep giving this story. And they have written it into books. And they have made it into movies. Because the anointing, the unction, the ointment only comes where the wounds are. There is no visionary without wounds. That everywhere where there is wounds, that is where there is anointing. And they released ointment unto Joseph where he was bruised by the fall. Where he was bruised by his brothers. Where he was bruised by his circumstance. Where he was bruised by the heat of battle. That is where the spirit of God began to give him an embrace. Hallelujah. 
I don't know where you are this morning, but I came to make an announcement that the oil of God, the, the ointment of Gilead, the balm of Gilead is about to be applied upon your marriage in the name of Jesus. The balm of Gilead is, upon to, is about to be applied upon your balance sheet. Let me say that one more time. The balm of Gilead is about to be applied upon your PL and upon your CV. God is able. And they fetch him out. See the power of vision. The biblical principle is that as long as the vision is alive, the, the carrier of the vision cannot die. Yes, he said, write the vision down because in the end it shall speak and it shall not lie. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write down the vision. Wait for it. That there is the patient anticipation when we put down our vision. What has God called you to do? And are you able to contend for it? Scripture said something very instructive in Genesis chapter 45 verse 15. Look at this. He says, And he fell upon his brother's Benjamin's neck, and he wept upon his neck. And then he kissed his brothers. And this is not only instructive, but very indicative of the man of vision. That when Joseph was, when his coat of many colors was torn into pieces, he did not cry, somebody. When they took away his coat, he did not cry. Hallelujah. I know what I'm doing. This is why I'm, I'm taking time. When they took away his coat, he did not cry. <laughs> Just when, he took, when they took away his coat, he did not cry. He did not cry. When they threw him into the pit, man of God, I've studied my Bible. He did not cry. Hallelujah. Finally, he found himself in Potiphar's house and becomes the boss. And even in Potiphar's house, when he was finally thrown into prison, even there, he did not cry. Praise the Lord. Ain't it interesting that he cries at the end? That's indicative. That if you are going to be a man of vision, our tears are not a preserve of those things that are happening to us. That hell and high water can break loose and somebody can deliver divorce papers to your doorstep. But that is not worth your tears, child of God. That you can resist to give the enemy the pleasure to see your tears while on your journey to destiny. That vision gives us the ebullience, the boldness to not give up the spirit, to wait for it because it shall surely come to pass. And I came to make an announcement this morning. Whatever vision God has put in your belly, wait for it. I said, wait for it. I said, wait for it in January. Wait for it when it looks like you're moving forward. And when you're moving behind, wait for it. Wait for it when it looks like you're making progress. And when you're not making progress, wait for it. And when tears begin to come out of your eyes, child of God, take a river's towel and just part your eyes and say, wait for it. It shall speak at the end and it will not lie does not cry at the pit 
He does not cry when they cut his coat. He does not cry at Potiphar's house. And the Potiphar's house begins to deal with. It begins to deal with the idea that in this walk you're going to, main, to encounter naysayers. I am, not, I am not ignorant to believe and think that everybody is going just to love you and give you a hug. There are people who will see your face and for no other reason at all, they just don't like you. And when you begin to laugh, they are not just happy with you. And when you say what your name is, they already hate you. And it is a waste of time to want to win the world. Because God said we should love our neighbors. He didn't say give them a hug. He didn't say give them a high five. He didn't say start a WhatsApp group, start a chama together. He just said give them, just tell them I love you, baby. But I must take you of necessity to LA. You must stay in Los Angeles, limited access. Because, baby, I, I appreciate that in this season you don't like me. But I know that the problem is not you. The problem is the vision that I'm carrying. Haters on every side. Do you know the day you define your vision, that's the day your likes on Facebook will reduce? I don't know. People are happy when you're just doing nothing. When you're not achieving anything. When your marriage is, but when you start beginning to post, to post things like, oh, I thank God for marriage. Marriage works. I'm just here celebrating my wife. Zero likes. Why? There's just a, there's a system that celebrates failure. Uh -huh. There is a machinization that has just been engineered. That is why when you post an obit obituary, all of a sudden you see 300 friends. Oh my God, Poleni Sana, oh, we are praying for you. Oh, shut up your mouth. Why is it that you are not with me in my victory? You want with me, with me, only when somebody has died? I almost said, get out of my house. Get out of here. <laughs> Can you imagine? And Potiphar's house brings us to the realization that you might be meaning good, but meaning good does not mean success. Sometimes you might be well-meaning, but well-meaning alone does not mean victory. And there are times that standing out in integrity and standing out in wisdom and standing out in the word of God results in prison. Praise the Lord. And that is the brand of Christianity that achieves vision. Listen to me. Yesterday we were having an interesting evening fellowship with my brother online and we were discussing this man of God who he saw his spiritual father in the airport. And when he saw him, he immediately found an offering, $4,000, you know, these Nigerians. And he rushed to him and he said, Father, bless me, here is an offering. And he knelt down and said, please make for me a prayer. You know the way people when they bring offering, they, they need a prayer. It's like they're collecting something, right? Now his boy, he said, pray for me now. Aha. Uh -huh. And this man of God, this is at the airport, you know. On, you see now, let me, let, me, uh, let me backtrack a little bit, a little bit. So usually when you go to airport, there are two dimensions. <laughs> you know, there's the common gazelle side, and then there's the executive human being side. So the common gazelle side where, where we suffer, you find very long lines. And you find people, you know, like Mkate, Mekato, Buffalo, right? This Kiswahili in Akonbia, hey! It's like sliced bread, and people are, are, are lining up. And then there's the other one called Sky Priority, you know, with, with the red carpet and all these things. So the, the, the sun was on this other common gazelle side. Of course, I'm selling common gazelle with the euphemism. Just, just indulge me. And he sees the father on the other side. He jumps. He was not going to collect the red carpet. He wanted to collect a blessing. He says, pray for me. I want to be like you. He said, are you sure you want me to pray for you? He said, pray for me. Okay, lift up your hands. He lifts up his hand. He said, Father. I'm calling enemies upon this son of mine in the name of Jesus. 
I pray that they will hate them. I pray that he will be talked about. I pray that people will want to kill him. I pray that men will hate his progress. That men will talk about him. That men will gossip him. I pray. The man say, remove your hand. I don't want prayer again. Just eat the offering. Eh? I don't. This one, I don't want to be like you. You cannot be in, you cannot pass the Potiphar's house test of vision except you are comfortable in gossip. And people will say all manner of things. And you know, they'll be saying, and you'll be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then what did I do next? Because even to you, this is new information. They'll be like, oh my God, see creativity. Afro cinema continues. And they will say all manner of things about you and about your house. You know, he did not even pay dowry. And if he paid, he just sent small M-Pesa. See the arrogance of the enemy. Comfortable in gossip and in lies. And you will be ostracized. You know, the thinking is that because I have a big vision, I want to take over the city in worship. The, the thinking is everybody will give me a hug and anoint my head and release an offering. And say, please go and take the city for us. That is not the story. That I gotta be comfortable in difficult places. In gossip and people will talk about you and in lies. And guys will say all manner of lies about your life, about your background. All manner of rumors and rumors and rumors and rumors. But if you faint in the day of trouble, your strength is small. God said, sent me today morning to announce something that if you're about to faint because of what they said this is the action call to rise up again and lift up your voice and say baby you can talk all you want to talk when men shall say there is a casting down you shall say there is a lifting up when they are saying you are going down you will have an answer in your mouth and you will say oh no there is a vision in the inside of me we are just going up and up and up Everything is just going up and up and up. Everything I'm putting my hands to do is going up and up and up. Amen. And sometimes there's the temptation to think that because I'm in Potiphar's house and I'm the boss, I've now reached my vision. Because in Potiphar's house, Joseph had authority and he had prestige. In fact, if you study Hebrew history, the fact that he would talk to Potiphar's wife meant he was the he was the one he's the boss of the slaves. He was he, all access. He was the boss of he was close to Potiphar and his wife because he was the senior slave. Yes, but senior slave, junior slave is all slave. Have you been in a place where it looks like victory until the boss says, "Let's go to Mombasa together." That is how you begin to know if God cannot sustain it. This is Potiphar's house. It sounds a lot like, how do you know it is Potiphar's house when it requires you to go to Mombasa with the boss and you must not say where you have gone and it is not an official meeting. It could be official, quasi-official, some type of official, but they are bringing you to some place for you to secure your position and then somebody misquotes scripture and says, you know, you have to know how to be wolf's cloth. The devil is a liar. Potiphar's house is slavery dimension. What you do in slavery dimension, you endure through slavery dimension. There is accusations and there is lies and there is false promotions. Do you know there are doors that are not doors but traps? Oh God. 
Oh, God, there are doors that look like doors. But no sooner did you enter that door. Okay, there are relationships that look like relationships. Until you enter the relationship and your prayer life is dwindling. Okay. And you're entering this relationship and all of a sudden you don't want to go to church. That's already, uh, let, let me sound a one. That's already an indication that this is slavery, baby. Uh-huh, let me, okay. There are people here who are going through that right now. Thank you, Jesus. God, God sent me. Ay, 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 let me sit down, let me sit down, let me sit down. God sent me to talk to you. If you need to sustain it with sin, it is not breakthrough. It is not breakthrough. It is not breakthrough, baby, it is not. If you need sin to sustain it, it is not breakthrough, but it is Potiphar's house. That in vision, in dimensions of vision, I must be wise enough to know Potiphar's house is not the palace. And then the funny thing about Potiphar's house is that I thought if you stand, you will be rewarded. But I stood and I was taken to prison. That I stood and I was taken to prison. That the man of God prophesied and prayed for me, but things got worse. That the walk of vision, now remember all this time, Joseph did not cry. He did not cry. And he finds himself in the prison. And let me begin closing. Our time is done. And he finds himself in prison. And he begins vision execution. We talked about define your vision. Dare to dream. Then do your vision when there is no platform. He began to prophesy and interpreting dreams in the prison. And there are some of us who wait for all situations, all factors to be good. You know, I'll begin, I'll begin my law firm. I will begin my law firm once I get my second degree and when I have some capital and when I've already married and I have three kids in university and when everything is okay, then I will start my law firm. You talk about service. You're not seeing service. I'm about to serve. But just give me some six months. I need to settle down in marriage. I'm in a young marriage. You know, I just got married yesterday. I need some time to settle in in marriage. And then once we've settled in, Arnold, we will begin serving. You say, you want me to play in church. You are not even ready. But I need four, I need four keyboards. I need the cog. Then I need the Yamaha. Then I need the organ. You know, once you have all this equipment, give me a call, baby, because I will come and play when everything is okay. God said in order for you to accomplish vision, you must be able to do it even when circumstances are not conducive. <coughs> no platform. No reward. No clapping. Nobody is seeing you but you're pursuing your vision nonetheless. Listen, how you build a children's home is by doing what Nyawera does in December with his husband. By going to the desert and feeding children at the back of the desert without Instagram reels and stories. That is how you cannot talk about building a children's home and you are not feeding even half a kid right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let me say that one more time. That we are not waiting for conditions to be ideal before we move. 
We are not waiting for conditions to be ideal, for things to be working, for A to be B and C and D and E, for one and two to be together. Before I step out 1,000 times, no, is the ability to build while moving forward and juggling many things and fixing the engine while midway and exchanging the engine and painting the inside all over the place, but chasing after the vision of God. Hallelujah. There's this joke sometimes back where people used to say, you know, I started my chicken business with just a feather of a chicken. <laughs> I started my transport business with just the paint of a car. You know, I started, I don't know, I started my real estate business with one bag of cement. In as much as that what we were joking and laughing about, that there is truth to that. Uh -huh. There is truth to that. There is truth to that. That when you take one step, somebody, it might look like an insignificant step. It might look like a step that is of no, of no consequence. It might look like you're wasting your time. Somebody said, don't waste your good time. That's where you go wrong. You know, and all those things. But God said, move forward. I have to be able to interpret dreams. If God is calling me to interpret, I must be able to interpret dreams in prison. That in fact, I'm in the most uncomfortable place. Okay, has anybody ever gone to prison here? I don't know if you're talking, if, 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 uh, but I'm, let me talk to entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs have been in all kinds of places. One day, Pastor Doc, you remember this day, we were harvesting copper in one of our projects, and all of a sudden we encountered thugs. And then, so we began to, of course, when you encounter thugs, the first thing to do is to go and call the police. Now, when we called the police, we came back to the site. But when we came back to the site, I don't know what happened. It ended up that both us and the thugs were arrested. And I remember that day, the next day, I was having an economics exam in the University of Nairobi. And I remember going, going into industrial area police station, the holding area. It is the worst. If you want to be caught like Pasadok was in uh, Gigiri police station, <laughs> you have some convict pastors. Yeah? Gigiri, Gigiri is nice. They are given lunch. There's a place where you go and uh, you get, there's Wi-Fi. You know, and this, this police station is interesting because there's even a place for where you go and get some vitamin D. Somebody, you go and you relax and you get vitamin D. This is Gigiri. But me, I was on the backside of industrial area, my friend. And you enter, first of all, this prison, it is for both genders. It is men and women alike. It is one big hall. That hall is your holding place, but it's also your defecation place. The defecation place, you just, there's just something, there's a place at the end there where you go and release yourself. Now, you can try and say, I'm not going to release myself, you know, dignity, kingship. But when nature calls, <laughs> Emmanuel, when nature calls, nature calls, baby. And all your sophistication is humiliated. Prison is a bad place. Prison is where you begin to do things that you don't want to do. Things that are not like you. People who are very big, Kingereza here. In prison, that Kingereza disappears. Even my Mujaluo English, I could not find it anymore. That you get humble of necessity. But God says right there, right there, right there, right there. Begin to execute your purpose. Right there. Right there. God is calling you to be a businessman. You are auctioned. You are auctioned. Nowadays, there's something called uh, that, what is that platform where all the cases in Kenya are? You know, when people Google your name, all they see is court cases. Yet God is calling you to be a marketplace apostle. Rise up right there. Don't wait to kill the business cases first. Somebody has accused you of playing them. You are accusing another one of playing you. Uh, somebody, you have conned somebody, maybe, or you are, yourself, you have been conned. And it's all a mess. God is saying, even there, rise up. Amen. Listen, 
You must learn to contend for your vision. Tell your neighbor, contend for your vision. Contend for your vision. Contend for your vision. What matters is the vision to make the marriage work. The rest are details. Listen to me. Let me say one more time. What matters is the vision to make the The rest are details. What matters is the vision to make the business work. I am a businessman. You foul Ibilis. Ibilis sounds more devilish than Satan. Yeah? From now on, I'll be saying, curse you, Ibilis. I'll just be saying, Ibilis, you can say whatever you want to say. I'm a marketplace apostle. Drink poison and die. Resurrect. I curse you again, Ibilis. Listen, we must not give up. Praise the Lord. The vision that God put in your heart, you must not do what? Tell your neighbor, don't give up, baby. Do not give up. The final key, let's stand up as we pray, is you must learn to defend your dream. You must learn to defend your dream. You must learn, listen, you must learn to defend your dream. God has not called us to shut up when we are attacked 1,000 times, no. No, you must learn to defend your dream. Somebody say, aha, uh -huh. you are the one who has said God will save you. We are putting you in the fire. Oh, king. Huh. In fact, you say, oh, foolish king. It seems you don't understand who we are. We are going to be delivered by God. And even if he does not do it, king, we are not going to bow to you. Defend your vision. Why is it that small, small storms, just the cloud of a storm, you run away, you go back home. There's something very small happened and all of a sudden you have completely abandoned the ghost. You have forgotten what God showed you. You have forgotten your convictions. You have forgotten what you live for. Learn to defend your vision. Learn to defend your vision. And there's something that God has been dealing with me in this week and he showed, us, he showed me that sometimes gold comes out of very difficult places and you have a family that is dysfunctional and it's very difficult to raise children who don't love each other it's very difficult but God had a plan with that family in fact at some point Jacob says Joseph is dead Simeon is gone now you want Benjamin it's a place of hopelessness it's a difficult situation. But that family complication did not stop the plan of God. That God's plan was to build Israel. Was to build Israel from these 12 brothers. And that when the brothers came, Joseph wept. He wept. And I asked God, why did he weep? He wept because it is very difficult to love somebody who wants to kill you. But love them anyway. It is very difficult to be a good son in a family where you are not appreciated or seen. But be a good son anyway. That is what defending your vision is. That when he had the chance to teach them a lesson that they will not forget in a hurry. He was bigger than them. And he saw that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Against flesh and blood. 
that I am going through this in your hands, my brothers, but it is for a bigger purpose. And he wept because finally the vision was fulfilled and he could reconcile with his brothers. That it is not about the coat of many colors, one author said. It is about the character of the wearer of the coat of many colors. What God will do is that God is going to bring some of us in places of authority and places of power. One of the greatest indications of God's anointing in your life is your ability to stay your power. Your ability to arrest a word before you release it. Your ability to say, are you not the same one who called me names last year? I read an example when I was studying this scripture out about this servant of God who was preaching in Southern California. And one day, one of, the, one of his associate pastors decided he wants to plant a church as well. And what this associate pastor did is that he went and took his flock and separated the flock in the middle and went and set up church in the same city. And then he went to his father, Noel Jones, and asked Noel Jones, what do you think of this situation? Noel Jones told him, please find a good offering go and give that pastor a love offering. Give them a love offering and wish them well and give them a hug. Not because you are saying God bless you where you really mean God curse you, no. It's being able to train your heart so much so that you come to the realization, the absolute and ultimate realization that flesh is never your enemy. Anything that is flesh is never your enemy. As long as it is flesh, that's not your enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in heavenly places. Lift up your voice and just say, God, give me the grace to dream again. Give me the grace to dream again. Give me the grace to dream again. Lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your voice. Give me the grace to dream again. Give me the grace to dream again. To see vision again in the name of Jesus. That I will have the grace to define my vision. I will define that this is the number one thing I'm going to do. I am going to do number three things. I'm going to do five things. This is what I will do in education. This is what I will do in politics. This is what I will do in industry. Write down the vision. This is the kind of family I'm trusting God for. This is where my children will go to school. Somebody write down the vision. This is the influence I will yield. This is the influence I will wield in this land. Write down the vision in the name of Jesus. Then dare to dream. Somebody just pray now that the Spirit of God will release an unction upon you to dream again. That you will dare to dream despite and in spite. That your last business closed down, but you can dare to dream again. That they fired you without grace and they fired you with a lot of embarrassment and they fired you unfairly. But dream again, child of God. Dream again, dream again that it looks like your family has failed. It looks like you have been divorced and now it looks like your life is over. But dream again, family can rise up again. Jehovah can stretch forth his hand again. In the name of Jesus, he is the God of again. He is the God that is able to come over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the 
most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. He says he will not be destroyed of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence at night. He says only with your eyes will you, will you behold the destruction of the wicked. Only with your eyes. I want to make an announcement this afternoon. Your dream is not destroyed. Your dream is being revived. Your dream is being revived. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.